So one of the things I did when I was in Southern California, in Irvine, which is very close to where Heron Stone lives, is I had a sushi meal with Heron Stone. Heron and I have collaborated for many years, I've stopped collaborating a few years ago, but I've never met Heron. And it's very strange because I've done things like I've called the police to check on his safety and a variety of other things. And I have a really kind of keen understanding of who he is, but we've never actually kind of sat and, and broke rice together, so to speak. So I have spent quite a bit of time in Southern California. It's been connected primarily with the, uh, you know, the, the girls, uh, and getting my, my twin girls alive, breathing and now very much taking over, uh, my, my wife's lives. But that put me in Irvine various times and I never really, you know, Heron has a, this kind of appearance through digital recording of being a little bit of a curmudgeon. And I never really thought he would like be that interested. And boy, was I wrong. Like, I'm just kind of kicking myself because I've been, I was in his area on a number of occasions, you know, probably in the past five years, probably at least seven times. And just through the nature of our interaction, I never really looked him up. And that was just really stupid of me because what we proceeded to have was just a lovely meal of two long-standing friends just talking about aspects of our lives in kind of very humorous, very lighthearted fashion. But the one thing Heron did talk to me about was Clubhouse which is this app thing which provides audio conversations normally, but basically misses all the really important things about audio conversations associated with levels, so degree of formality, muting, all this kind of stuff. And I can't actually get on Clubhouse as well, which is the other irony, uh, is that it's a closed platform. And it's a closed platform, I think, run by people that have historically squashed things I've done too. So I don't really think I'm going to be able to get on Clubhouse. But the idea is that you have an infinite number of meeting rooms that people could go into, and unless they're actively, you know, invited, they can't become speakers, but they can at least listen to conversations between, I guess, blessed intellectuals, let's just put it that way. And the blessed intellectuals are really a curious crew. A lot of them are like venture capital folk and social media folk who really, I don't think, should be leading conversations associated with, you know, H+, and, you know, non-aging these kind of things. And what's interesting through this, there are two brothers and one of them who is a, he's not really a geneticist, but he has this Wuhan COVID origins thing, which I've kind of had as a passing interest as well. He uh, talks about how the genetics are indicative that they could never come from nature because nature actually rounds down genetics over periods of time. I and mean, there are certain talking points that he has, which I'm relatively sympathetic to. And also, fascinated about because here you have a situation where the, there's a kind of corruption of the science deep corruption based on state actors and a variety of other folk including quite curiously anthony fauci but i'll save him for another podcast recording so anyway heron talked about clubhouse because he's been on clubhouse and kind of joked you know bruce damer has done a conversation on clubhouse and so i went to clubhouse and got a sense of who the main actors are and I don't think I'd rate any of them. Bruce Damer has about half the followers that Heron has. And Heron has gone in quite actively and been invited to speak and this kind of stuff. So there's a formality too associated with it. So the hacker John Draper Crunch posted that he was doing some exclusive Clubhouse content. And I, it's the first time I've actually downloaded the app, having pretty well poo-pooed it while I was in Southern California. And what struck me was it's a really broken interface. Like, it's basically just a, a closed system that is now... I don't know, trying to do what we've been doing with podcasts for many years. And, you know, it just strikes me as like, okay, this is, yeah, we need another platform to do the same thing with now, you know, let's, let's create an environment where we define who the influencers are, which just seems to be 
what Clubhouse is. So the the action response, well, the action is hanging out on this app pretty well indefinitely with really bad audio, you know, breaking your way into, I guess, the speaking format. And I thought, well, you know, there are a few projects that could be interesting to do through that, like, for example, Operation Sea Line or what's it called? Sim Sea Line. Now, that would be an interesting thing to talk about and try to engage people that might actually do some coding. But that's the problem, unfortunately. The people who might actually do some coding are not spending any time on Clubhouse. As these things happen, Heron Stone approved my membership to Clubhouse. This is a post-recording edition to the recording. So literally the same day that I recorded this podcast, Heron Stone uh, got me a Clubhouse you know, membership. So my thought is I could use it in a variety of different ways. As I'm working on uh, SimC Line, I could use it as a platform to talk about SimC Line when I'm you know, back at work and not doing night shifts and things like that. Uh, and I've got a lot of stuff to talk about there. I also, because there's a certain number of Heron Stone devotees, the things about Heron inviting me to the platform is I see all his action. So I think Stone Ape as a topic would be relatively interesting for folks who are Heron Stone devotees and maybe even get Heron in on the chat for the discussion associated with that. Um, and then, you know, half a dozen other things associated with the Ape SDK and just creating simulations. One of the things I find very strange is there are more pontificators than there are pragmatists, right? There are more people that are just going to talk about what they think things should be as opposed to people who have actually written software. And looking through the list of folks that were there, it really surprised me that there weren't more software people, except obviously talking about software is far more interesting than writing software. So we'll see what happens with Clubhouse. I think my original assessment pretty well stays strong, um, but you know there might be something that I could work out of it, but certainly not till I was back at work, so that's a couple of months' time. And my hope is that I will have made some progress with SimC line and, you know, these kind of things before I would do more public-facing talking about it. So anyway, yeah, it was funny, funny to talk with her and um, about this stuff and make the point that really this has nothing to do with my life anymore. Like, I avoid these kind of things. I'm like, yeah, but Bruce Damon can occasionally talk on this kind of stuff. And in contrast, I was talking more about... Uh, just the general changes in my life. I mean, certainly moving to Las Vegas and uh, leaving uh, San Jose behind and, you know, what amazing timing. The irony is that the media will never tell you this. The shooting situation in San Jose, the VTA shooting, when over the six years that we lived in downtown San Jose, the police would never get close to an active shooter. And I think that's what actually happened here as well. The guy's like, okay, I'm going to find nine of my co-workers that I'm going to kill. And even though San Jose police was, were right there, they don't usually enter an active shooter situation, which I think should be talked about. I mean, my view is that if you live in a neighborhood where the police stay <laughs> at least half a mile, if not further from the action, and of course, you know, the helicopter going overhead, but no San Jose police officer that I've experienced in my six years of living in San Jose will get anywhere near an active shooter. Like, the whole thing is they'll, they'll put bullhorns overhead and tell you that there's an active shooter in the vicinity and truth be told a number of times i've been in my garden and had the police chop a bus <laughs> it was like okay you're not going to actually talk to me but i can see you the you know i can see your shorts and these kind of things that's always the active thing if you can visually see the shorts of the pilot and whatever the person sitting next to the helicopter you know in the helicopter you know there's someone pretty close with a gun in your area so, yeah, anyway, moving from San Jose, <laughs> catharsis, let's just call it what it is. But really what it was was just a really nice conversation between two old friends over some food. And it made me really angry that I had been so kind of cautiously stupid 
about this thing. Because, yeah, it just didn't represent me. I mean, a large portion of this is, you know, obviously going there with other folk as well and working through whatever else you're working through. But really, yeah, I should have had more meals for Perenstone, and I feel deeply disappointed that I didn't. And, yeah, it was wonderful to catch up with him. It was wonderful to realise that I actually had this very deep friendship with someone that, you know, wasn't polluted. Well, I mean, it was kind of polluted, but actually he's continuing to do his stuff to find the right platform, what have you. And I've changed some of my methods, but I'm still just continuing to do my stuff to find the right platform, I guess. Or you know, but you know, one thing I'm certainly not going to be doing is giving up on podcasting anytime soon. So, uh, irrespective of the fact that I now have two active entity humans in my life, two more, two more humans. Um, I think the things that I get out of this medium are too great to give up. And believe me, the model already I'm getting sent audio to put in the feed for that as well. So, the main thing is just getting to a a point of uh, return normalcy and then just continuing what I was doing previously. But yeah, it was great to catch up with Heronstone and actually finally to meet him. And I realized very quickly that we were just two old friends. <laughs> Heron didn't really eat sushi. That's the one thing I will say about this meeting. I originally proposed meeting for Vietnamese because there's some amazing Vietnamese in his area. It's on the California. It's like one of the largest Vietnamese populations outside of Vietnam. And he was already into that. And so I said, okay, well, let's go out for sushi. And suddenly... Not really, I don't know, he he really enjoyed it. He enjoyed me explaining to him the various fish. We went to a pretty low-end sushi place. I mean, some of the places in California are just amazing, and I was able to catch up with some of those too. But, yeah, it was just wonderful kind of explaining the food to, and also nominally, I don't know, in the early 90s, he had a Japanese wife as well. So we talked about all the, I don't know, all the loose ends from uh, Stone Ape, which was our recording for, for many years. Uh, so, yeah. A little bit from my time in SoCal, Tom Barbelay now, I think I'm in Las Vegas. Yes, Tom Barbelay now. This is becoming a bit of shtick in Las Vegas, Nevada, signing out.